Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 39 of Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1492.3 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and if today is your first time tuning into the program, I just want to share with you the heart behind Serving Our Nation. This is a program that is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders. And my goal is to offer you hope and encouragement through stories each week of people that have dedicated their lives to living out this idea of servant leadership and honoring God. Because what I know to be true is that when you do that, blessings just follow as a natural byproduct of that service. Because at the end of the day, All of us are ministers of one form or another because we are all given special gifts by God. And because of that, we have an obligation that when we see a need out in the world, it is our requirement to go and fill that need to the best of our ability. Because serving is for everyone in all walks of life. Whether you're in the military, a business leader, a person in the faith community, somebody that's maybe out in your regular community where you live, or even something as simple as serving your own family. And last week, I had on two incredible guests that really drove home this point in the area of community as well as military and faith. Mr. Eric Stetson and Mr. David Gillespie. These two gentlemen are Army veterans. They serve on my board for the Association of the United States Army for the Philadelphia chapter. They're leaders in their community. They're leaders in their church. They work in the nonprofit. Incredible men. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to episode 38 on the podcast if you missed it from last week. But for today, just a little bit about me that's color for today's show. As you know, I mentioned in the past several weeks that I've been a part of Kingsway Leadership School for the last five years. And as part of this experience, this school, I've had an opportunity to interact with a lot of really powerful, tremendous servant leaders. And today is no exception. I have on this my guest today, Mr. Tim and Mrs. Emery Brown. So Tim is a consultant for a company called NVR. He's a student of Kingsway Leadership School, and he's also one of my good friends and my mentee. His wife, Emery, is a school counselor. She serves as a mentor for the Kingsway Leadership School program and has the unique privilege of being Tim's wife. These two people are dedicated to serving each other, their church, and their community. So when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Tim and Emery Brown. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1492.3 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I am joined here today by Tim and Emery Brown. Tim and Emery, thank you so very much for being out here and coming to the station here today. Thank you for having us, Paul. We're so glad to be here. 
Well, listen, you guys have had such a tremendous effect on the church and people look at your marriage, especially being newly married. Yeah. And people are just in awe of the relationship that you have. And I've heard a number of people say that you almost have this fairy tale marriage. Would you talk about that a minute? Like, why do people say that? And do you feel that's true? Wow, completely. Um, I'll start off where I, I do have my fairy tale. I'm living it every day with Emery. Um, but it's amazing just how God ordained and he set everything up. I mean, our first date was at Johnson's Farm. And I say Emery was like, you know, my angel dressed in white. And it's kind of from there, everything just strung together uh, perfectly. And our families really meshed. Um, you know, at the time, Emery was actually going to school and I was able to support her. And now I'm going back to school, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, with Kingsway Leadership School, and she's able to support me. So it's just amazing just how God set that up and we're able to live and operate in our purposes, you know, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more, but I don't know. Do you have anything else to say? Around that? Well, and with that, and Tim knows this, but I'm... Deeply obsessed with Disney princesses. <laughs> oh, <you laughs> <are>. All right. <laughs> we actually had a Cinderella themed wedding cake. We did. Oh. And um, all these wonderful different things that Tim's <laughs> done. Um, but in Disney fairy tales, often when the main character or princess, if you will, um, is off doing her own thing or trying things her own way things go disastrous or they don't work out. (laughs) That's right. And then a prince comes in and sleeps her away. And that was kind of similar um, to me in the sense that prior to meeting Tim, um, I was enjoying the life of singleness, like with the Lord and Mm -hmm. in that season, serving the church and very much feeling called to singleness. And um, in January of 2019, I, with one of my best friends, uh, entered into a fast for my future husband. And we fasted and prayed morning and night for four months, which I know um, might sound silly to some people, but we were really believing that the Lord was going to move in in that area because I felt a release from the season of singleness. Mm -hmm. And a month after my fast, ended I met Tim and (laughs) it really did feel like that fairy tale kind of moment where he came and I just had a really strong feeling that this is what God had for me and it was correct (laughs) so I definitely think that it's truly the fairy tale that God set up for us Amen. Um, and it's been like that ever since and um, you know, Tim called me his princess, and even to down to the point of joking about, um, you know, in different Disney princess movies, you have an evil stepmother or something like that. And it's funny because um, our in laws get along so well so together; well. we get along so well um, yeah. with each other's family. So that's it. the only part that's a little opposite, but I think it makes it even more a fairy tale. But it's kind of funny because we go back to oh, the movies portray it so much that way, and uh, it's been a different. Uh, a different kind of fairy tale for us. Now, has your prince rescued you from something? Oh, great question. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, yeah. He's rescued me uh, from loneliness. He's rescued me from, um, you know, an impression that there are no godly men left anymore, or gentlemen, or men Mm. that will really um, love you the way that Christ loved the church. Yes. Um, And kind of Tim brings back those old-fashioned values that I think we we say aren't around anymore, but it's very not true. And I think it's, um, you know, the perspective that we have on life that he bring very much brings to that. Um, but yeah, he has added so much to my life. So not only has he rescued me from just my own self, if you will, the way that, you know, Jesus also rescued me from my own self, Tim, you know, Jesus tapped him in to kind of help You're there so a little sweet. bit. And, um, 
And I also say he added so much to my life that we really like to say that we're better together and we've made each other better because when I'm weak, he's strong. When he's weak, I'm strong. And we've definitely encouraged each other um, to improve in certain areas. We all agree that we all have different weaknesses and strengths. Uh And um, we're very comfortable in very loving ways being like, hey, like work on this a little bit and work on that a little bit. And we will actively try for each other to, to reflect more like Christ and get better in those areas where we're weak. So yeah. you know what I love about you two? So you remind me so much of my wife and I when we were younger. Because the idea that you're talking about, this notion of there's no gentleman left in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like when people ask me about my wife, I still call her my bride That's right. to this day. There right? you go. And when yeah. we were in college, I wasn't dating her. I was courting her, mm-hmm. right? And still to this day, now 23 years married, I date my wife. That's a really important concept to be able to keep the fire burning and to keep that love alive, right? And, you know, on a lot of car rides, my daughter, she likes to listen to this song and it's this idea of, I want to find a man that will love me like my father loves my mom, mm. right? Oh, that's good. And to me, that is such an important thing because she is looking to me, her dad, as an example of what right looks like. How many little girls grow up and they try to find the guy that looks like their dad, right? Right, wrong, or indifferent, they often go towards a guy that is modeled after their father, so I have an obligation to this young lady to make sure that I am modeling marriage correctly, right? And as somebody that's in the church, I have an obligation to try to do that as well. Right. Yeah, we don't have children yet, but that's been something that we've talked about a lot, that we want to be the kind of marriage that one day we can model to our children. And that's sort of like you're saying, Paul, that your children are going to be looking for that. We want our children to be looking at that in a way that we didn't necessarily look to our parents like that. Yeah. But to your point, I do often tell Tim that the best of my dad is reflected in him, too. So you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you set that great example, too, Paul. And that's one of the reasons why Emery and I, I mean, we really glean just from your relationship with your wife. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you guys are going strong many years in marriage. And, you know, one of the best things that you told me that we practice daily in our marriage, or should I say weekly, is that we take date nights. Mm -hmm. And that's going to continue throughout our marriage because, you know, we have to make sure we're always prioritizing our relationship. But the same, and even how you guys talked about models, and then Christ was the model for the church and then for us, and then we have to model that relationship just with our wives. And that will carry on, too, with our families. So, I mean, it's been such a blessing, the relationship that we have, you know, with you, where we can really just take that away from you know, how you're sowing all those great seeds into your family already, and we definitely appreciate the friendship for sure. Well, you know, I I just love being around you guys because I feel like we're kindred spirits. Yeah, that's the truth. Every time I'm around you guys, I just feel like we have so much synergy and so many things in common, and I just love being able to talk about things with you and, you know, just share ideas, right, of what right looks like and how we can model things for other people to really see the love of Christ in a relationship. Mm. Yeah, and I think it was a breath of fresh air, and you might remember too, Paul, but one of the things that Emery and I absolutely did not like when we were engaged and even being married 
is when people saw us so happy, they're like, oh my gosh, just wait, you know, like a year, mm-hmm. wait five years, wait 10 years. And we're like, wait, why should it change mm-hmm. in a year, in five years or 10 years? There's no reason to change. Mm-hmm. You know, you said the same thing about keeping that fire strong. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons we instantly attached us to you and Heather, because you guys still have that because you're pursuing those principles of pursuing each other, you putting your wife first, you yeah. know, you really spending... Uh, adequate just time frame just putting your kids first as well and it's just it's it's awesome principle well i'll tell you when i proposed to my wife i was a young 20 year old kid i didn't know much of anything i wasn't even a commissioned officer yet and all i knew was that i was going into the army i was pretty sure i was going into the army i knew i loved this girl and i knew that if i wanted to keep her with me and be in the army i was gonna have to marry her Right, because there was no other way to have her come along and be on that experience with me. And so I was able to pray, and God orchestrated so many different circumstances to be able to make that come to fruition financially. But one of the hardest things was, just like you said, Tim, people, including family members, including family. saying to me, mm-hmm. you're just a kid. You have no idea. Just wait a few years. You're going to be miserable. And when I was in college... Right? I was like gleaming with joy about this girl that I'm in love with, this girl that I'm going to get to marry. And the people I was working with, they're like, oh, just wait, you'll see. Things are going to change. It's going to get bad, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but no, you clearly haven't met my girl. You don't understand. <laughs> you like, have not seen girl. this girl shine. <laughs> yeah, th- this is my girl. So I, I love how we share that and are able to really defy the odds, so to speak, and show people that true love lasting is possible and does work when God is in the middle. It can't just be a husband and wife. God has to be right in the middle of it. God has to be right in the center. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to go back to the fairy tale thing for a minute because, Tim, in prior conversations, you talked to me about this idea of a rose being significant to your relationship. And there's, you know, kind of idea of a rose in some Disney fairy tale. So can you help me understand how that's played about in your relationship with Emery and maybe how that ties into the fairy tale principle? Yeah, so the rose was actually how I asked Emery uh, to be my girlfriend. And we used to watch um, a show where a rose was prominent and basically saying, you know, like, will you or won't you? And it was something that she instantly recognized. And it's become even a symbol through our marriage. So that started off. This would be on our third date at the very end of the date. You know, I offered Emery my rose. And then at that time, because roses have varying meanings on the color. Mm -hmm. And I offered her a yellow rose, which just basically means friendship and joy. Mm hmm. And that was what I really wanted our relationship to be built on is just I saw her joy. Her joy is beaming. You cannot mistake it if you see her anywhere. Mm -hmm. And friendship, just having eternal friendship. And then just, I mean, throughout the years, that's just like a a lasting symbol for us. Now, I'm already talking like we've been married a while, (laughs) even though it's going to be, you know, we're coming up on our first anniversary in January 1st, but... Um, now that's just like a lasting symbol of really just um, portraying our love to each other. It's just uh, she gets roses from me, and then she does make desserts for me as well. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I say, I say, it has to. I say, yeah. I keep roses on the table, and she keeps the cookie jar nice and full. That's I our like deal. It. That's our deal, and it has uh, been consistent. Also, yeah. on our wedding day, um, the pastor gave us a different kind of 
ceremonies that we could do as part of our wedding ceremony, mm. lighting a candle, filling sand, and one of them was the exchange of, of rose. the rose. Okay. And so we thought that that was perfect for us, given the fact that roses had um, carried so much meaning through our dating process. I think even like a couple weeks before Tim proposed, for the first time, he gave me um, a yellow, oh no, not yellow, I'm sorry, a white and red bouquet that symbolized eternal love, eternal. Mm. Uh, right, like a couple, maybe days or weeks before he proposed. Um, but on the day of our wedding, we each picked out a special rose for each other to exchange in the ceremony. Um, and I picked uh, a lavender colored rose that symbolized love at first sight. Mm. Um, and Tim picked a pink rose and we exchanged that and we still have them dried uh, in our bedroom. We wow. keep them in a little jar. And it's a really special thing because, like Tim said, we do consistently use our flower and cookie exchange. Um, and it's always really special when Tim comes home with uh, a new flowers and he always makes sure to tell me the meanings, which is a really sweet and romantic gesture. But I think it's a symbol, too, because, you know, it's symbolic, kind of like how we have the rings, yeah. really just to remind us of that promise and that covenant that we made with our spouse. And just the rose and the exchanging of roses, it's much more than just a rose to us kind of like the foundation on what our relationship was built on just that friendship all the feelings the depth of love now and i i mean i consistently tell emory you know if i knew what i knew now on that first date i would have got down and proposed because i mean she is just such a gift in my life and a tremendous woman and i'm so so blessed and so grateful to really have her i really am that's great. So there's a couple of things I want to comment on. So when you talk about flowers, you know, I think a, something a lot of guys miss. So many men say, oh, well, it's Valentine's Day. It's Mother's Day. I have to go buy the obligatory flowers. I don't know about you, Emery, but from my wife, she was like, I don't really want flowers for a Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. Like, it's too cliche, right? What means a lot more is bringing home flowers when she doesn't expect them. Right When she's having a hard day at school, one of the best things that I can do for her is send a big bouquet of roses or different flowers. that She, she likes Gerber daisies. <laughs> <laughs> big bouquet of flowers to her school, and it just brightens up her day, especially if there's a nice little note appropriate to the struggle that she's going through. Mm, I love that, and that's totally true. Tim does it on days that are hard days for me or on days when I'm, I'm happy, it's at many different times. I mean, including the cliche holidays. Mm -hmm. um, but I would agree with you that it's definitely more special in the in-between moments. And that's something I love about Tim. He's extremely thoughtful. Um, and he'll go out of the way to kind of make those moments for me as a day-to-day -day reminder. And not just through the giving of something, but the giving of something is a way to say, hey, I was thinking about you. Yeah. And Tim makes sure to, to tell me and remind me through gestures like that that he's thinking about me. And not just when we're together, but while we're apart. So the other thing I wanted to comment, and this is kind of a caution to you, Tim. <laughs> so when um, I first joined the Army back in 1998, I was all of 120 pounds. And I went to Officer Basic Course in Fort Lee, Virginia, and I was like a stick figure, right? A, a twig. You could snap me and break me in half. <laughs> and... The TAC officer, the guy in charge, he came up to me and he said, Lieutenant, I'm giving you a direct order to put on some weight because you are too skinny and like you, you don't look like a soldier, right? You need to beef up a little bit, put some muscle on. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was kind of a poke in the eye. <laughs> but being newly married, and then my wife and I went to Germany right after that, 
I may have taken his order a little bit too far because now I weigh a little bit more than 120 <laughs> over 20 something years of my wife's cooking. So don't get too used to her being good to you and feeding you well, is what I'm saying to you. <laughs> so em- Emery actually does really good because it's not just the feeding me, but um, she is definitely a fitness enthusiast. I would like to say just um, our lifestyle and just like eating habits as well really just attributes to like a healthy lifestyle and that's how I'm saying I mean her coming into my life has just you know it's not only um, emotionally but uh, physically as well as far as making sure that we're staying nice and uh, fit because she loves to run very frequently let's just say before me Tim you see a lot of fruity pebbles for I did and now we eat oatmeal okay. <laughs> yeah yeah it was bad it was bad but God bless Emery. Well, let me ask you this. Is there a time in your marriage, and you said we're coming up on one year, is there a time that you can look back and say, wow, God really showed up at this time. Like, this is the most special time we've had so far in our marriage, and God just showed up, and I'm so grateful for this time. Yeah. Oh, I can think of an exact instance, but do you want to go first? I'll let you go, because I have, like, more than a few. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I do think that God's shown up every day. Like I, a cliche, but I say that I loved him every day a little bit more because there's something new I find out about him or a mannerism or a way that he looks at me that makes me love him. And I thought I was so deeply in love with him our wedding day. And I'm so much more deeply in love with him now, which I didn't think was possible. But a special moment for me, um, a considering our marriage was actually when we made the transition to Kingsway church. Hmm. Um, it was something that we were both heavily involved in our previous churches, but we did want to start over somewhere new um, when we got married because it would have been way too far of a commute for where we moved when we got married. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew that that was the path, but we were struggling with the where, and we were still kind of commuting to different churches, um, if you will. And I was having a hard time with it. And I didn't know if I, could bring it to Tim if I should bring it to Tim because he is the leader of our house um, and I trust him with the decisions that he makes and I did eventually come to talk to him about how I was feeling um, and he heard me he was sincere in the way that he responded to me and he then he moved he took it to God and he moved us from that and that was so special to me because he saw me where I was and just the way that Jesus picks me up from where I was uh, you know Tim gently ushered ushered me through that season of feeling down um, and into the next one so and we had such confirmation when we came to Kingsway and we feel like our spiritual life even took off further so I'd love that that was a distinct way that Tim showed her leadership his leadership over our house yeah. so Tim we got about a minute and a half left So I'd say piggybacking off of that and um, just bringing it into summary is um, that Emery transitioned like out of school. She ended up um, getting her degree and her dream job around the same time I got into KLS. So that whole transition into into Kingsway and then God provided the finances to where we didn't have to struggle for Mm -hmm. it financially at all. And it's just been through and through. That's the story of our marriage. When you talk about a fairy tale, God just providing for us over and over and over. You know, I love it because there's so many instances that I can point back to in 26 years where I would say to God, like, hey, God, I want to be able to do this for my wife and for my family. And I don't know how. And I would just get down and I would just pray with my wife. And within 24, 48 hours at the most, money just shows up. 
just shows up and like Thank God you. just shows up. Right, like that song, The Goodness of God. Yeah. You can't make that up. You can't. You can't Amen. make that up. So listen, I am really glad that you guys are here, and I am so thankful for the first part of our conversation. We're going to continue that when we come back from the break, but right now, we're going to go to a commercial, and when we come back, I'm going to continue the conversation with Tim and Emery Brown, so stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now, back to Serving Our Nation. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 and 92.3 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I have the privilege of being joined here today by Tim and Emery Brown. You're so kind, Paul. (laughs) Well, guys, again, thank you for coming out and being here with me today. So in the first half of the show, we talked about your marriage and how you serve each other as husband and wife. But knowing you the way that I do, I know that you do so much more beyond that. So let's talk for a little bit about Kingsway Leadership School. Mm. So let's talk about how both of you serve in that capacity, and then we'll branch out a little bit. So Tim, you're a student there. What have you done recently to serve for Kingsway Leadership School? Yeah, so KLS is a tremendous opportunity because um, prior to coming to the school, I had uh, ministry experience. Of course, I was a youth pastor at a small church. Um, But even going into KLS, it's just branching out as far as external events. I mean, we had the opportunity just to actually serve the homeless, and we Mm -hmm. went to one of the lots there where Mm -hmm. we were able to provide food, gifts, pray for them, Mm -hmm. you know, give them the word, and and some of the students gave their testimonies. And then we were able to actually provide um, tangible, like, food where we pack sandwiches, over 250 sandwiches to actually, you know, give out to the homeless. We partnered with Cathedral Kitchen as well. It's in the Camden area. So, and then we have more coming down the pipeline. So, um, KLS has really afforded the opportunity just to take myself back to square one and beyond everything that I already know. Um, really just going to a place where I'm trying to learn as much as I can and soak up everything that God has for me Yeah, through the people he's put in positions of leadership there. So I've been so blessed, even with you, Paul, is um, you're one of the three trio there. And just the knowledge and the wisdom that you guys bring and the attention you have um, just in the program for the students. And, you know, I said this just in front of the church and, and even on here, like uh, KLS and Kingsway in general is really propelling us for our next step of life, Emery and I, and really propelling us into our the destiny that God has for us. So I'm so humbled and, and privileged and very blessed by the program. Well, you know, having been with the program for five years and having seen dozens of students come through, one of the things I love the most about what we do is these surf projects, like what you were just talking about, Tim. And when I have an opportunity to participate and like, I'm not the leader of the serve project. I might be on the lead team for the school, but I purposely put myself to the side and just come along as a worker being 
just to you know do whatever the project leader would have me do because I know how to run a project, but it's a really a great opportunity to see someone that's young to have that opportunity to run a project, to have that leadership opportunity. And then the best part of it for me, when we were doing the homeless project a week ago or so, the look on those people's faces, mm. the, the, the love that they yeah. felt, the warmth, right? When they would come up and give me a hug because I was giving them some food or I prayed for them or whatever the case was. Just being there. Right? Yeah. It, it reminded me of in the Gospels where Jesus says, when you do these things to the least of these, you're doing it unto me. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, did you feed the hungry? Did you give clothes to the homeless? Like, did you go and visit the imprisoned? Because if you didn't, then you weren't doing those things for me. There you go. Preach, Reverend Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, on another level, too, um, even just being a part of KLS, it's it really tested um, how I think because I thought I knew how to lead a project. Yeah. When you're getting thrown in a situation where you have the other students as well. Yeah. And you're dealing with having to try and, you know, um, get everyone on the same page, Mm -hmm. everyone on the same schedules, get everyone invested to achieving that goal. You know, it really did help just um, generate and build being able to uh, do that. So it's a it was a great tool for really just uh, giving me the resources for future ministry, dealing with, you know, varying ages that we have in the class. So yeah. And then actually being there and experiencing, like you said, just, I mean, the fruit of that and seeing the people that are blessed by the projects. I mean, it's amazing. And when you led a project, you did a really great job. But along the way, you know, I I put a couple holes in your (laughs) balloon, not to burst your bubble, but I wanted to make you grow, right? Yes. I wanted you to step out of your comfort zone and learn how to just take a leap of faith and just do something a little bit more than what you were comfortable with and think a little bit beyond what you had done previously. And you really did a good job of stepping into that. Yeah, and that, and that's good. I, I remember, um, and I believe it's Stephen Furtick that has a saying where he really challenges us just to pray big prayers. And it's kind of just like even the biblical stories where you hear like um, Joshua pray for like the sun mm-hmm. to stand still in the sky. And do we have the faith to really seize that? And it's kind of not just showing up um, to the project, handing out goods, but what more can you do? Can you really lean on God? Are you really pressing? Are you doing as much as you can? And you did a great job of really facilitating that, Paul. And this is what the program just helps draw out of the students as well. Now, Emery, you're also involved in the program, but as a mentor capacity. So tell us about what you do. Absolutely. So I have a mentee um, as one of Tim's um, fellow students, and we meet biweekly. We talk about emotional things. We talk about spiritual things. We talk about academic things. Um, and I sort of act as a host to the conversation and host to whatever her needs kind of are. Um, she's has academic needs, social needs, emotional needs, Mm -hmm. spiritual needs. And it's a great opportunity to pour my experience into where she is. We've heard in our church at Kingsway that you should always have somebody a step above you and a step below you. Mm -hmm. Um, Below you that you're pouring into, someone above you that has a little bit more life knowledge than Mm -hmm. you, and then someone to run life with. So Mm -hmm. obviously my person I'm running life with is Tim. And we obviously have you and Heather to look to as a couple that's several stages above us. And it's a really great opportunity for me to have my mentee because I'm able to pour back into somebody. Yeah. 
Um, and it's double incentive for me because we've obviously developed a really strong relationship, but obviously my husband's in the program. So it's double incentive to be involved in the different programs they're due, serving specifically lately they've been serving Camden's community, which for those that aren't local, you know, is a is a big area of need for New Jersey. Um, so there's been lots of opportunities to serve um, different homeless community members um, that they've been doing recently. And for me, what I have found really impressive about Kingsway Leadership School is the servant style of leadership. So not only are they developing students as leaders to uh, serve over businesses, serve over churches, but with that humble heart of humility that Jesus led with. Mm-hmm. Serving and your community. Serving your community. Mm-hmm. And I think that that servant leadership often looks different from the outside. It might not always be being the loudest voice in the room. Um, it might not be getting on a stage, but I think it's a really great opportunity because there's a wide variety of students that are in the program and their leadership shine in different ways. Some of their leadership shine through hospitality and making the environment welcoming for those that are coming to serve or the people that are coming in to receive. Some show their leadership in vocal ways and rallying the team together. And That's right. Some show their leadership through stepping up in administrative tasks so that things get diligently done on time and efficiently. So to me, it's been a great look into how servant leadership looks as well as how does servant leadership look different depending on the gifts that we have mm-hmm. been given. Yep. And that's why I make a big point of that idea in the beginning of every show. Everybody has different giftings, mm. right? And it's all about just finding the right seat on the bus because God has uniquely ordained every single person to make a contribution to the fight, right? Amen. You and I were just walking, watching a movie about what will your verse be, right? The powerful yeah. play goes on and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? And that verse is based on the gifts that were given. And I think it's so powerful that the both of you are pouring into the community in so many different ways. So I, I have to ask, like both of you have jobs outside of being in KLS. How are you able to take this this heart of servant leadership and bring that back to the workplace? Wow, so I'll kick off first. And um, really taking that to the workplace, uh, for, for me, it just involved going the extra mile. And um, that was a tribute that my workplace definitely saw with um, really spending the time to make sure that everything gets done well mm-hmm. and then just honoring leadership as well um, beyond that which uh, others necessarily would um, honor leadership so it's kind of it was kind of like a counterculture when you walk in and you're just so happy all the time yeah. and there's sometimes when I'm not happy or yeah. I'm not doing what I can do they instantly notice and they're like Tim is, is everything okay yeah. with you you know and it's just a matter of um, really just being that person that you're working not like you're working, um, you know, just for whoever the company may be, but you're working like you're working for God. That's right. And um, they definitely saw that where I was at. That's the reason why. I mean, I got afforded ever, so many opportunities was because of kingdom principles, and God really just, um, you know, was able to utilize that for His glory, um, which was great. How about you? That's a great question. Um, so I'm a school psychologist in my day-to-day life, and so I'm serving children preschool to sixth grade right now. School psychologists can serve preschool to college, so I've worked with a wide variety of age groups, including elementary students, middle school students, and college students. So for me, I will also agree with Tim that it's being counterculture, standing against the gossip or negativity and not being willing to participate in that. But also for me, 
you know, people have the saying, Jesus loves the little children. And Uh for me, I try to do all my work as though I'm doing it unto God. Am I speaking with kindness? Am I treating them in the way that Jesus would treat them if they're going through a hard time? Am I a safe place of listening the way that Jesus would be? Um, And am I willing to speak out when something wrong is happening? Yes. Am I willing to, even if it's a hard choice, make the right choice? And that's what I try to do because that's what we're called to do. And for me, my Tim and I, I know that we'll get into it. We have a life verse together, but I also have a personal mission statement over my life, which is Romans 12, 12, set in the message version to be inventive in hospitality. Mm. And for me, not only does that apply to how I can steward my marriage, how I can um, talk to strangers or talk to my church family, but it also is with my work too. How can I invite a student into a conversation when they say that they're struggling with anxiety or depression? How can I talk to a parent who's hearing for the first time that their child has an intellectual disability or has autism? How can I make that safe that space, a welcoming place, a safe place where they're welcomed into it. Again, the way that Jesus would welcome somebody in and not only just have that hospitality, but just as that verse says, be inventive in it. How can I get a little bit more creative at it? How can I see it in a different lens? How can I do it better? And Tim, I know that you've told me you have a verse for your marriage, something that's really important to you and Emory. Would you share that? Yeah. So our marriage verse is second Timothy two twenty one which basically talks about, um, and it's in the Passion Translation, which says, dedicated to the honorable purposes of your master, prepared for every good work that he gives you to do. Mm. And definitely like Emery said, and even the the premise of this show, Paul, um, to be a servant leader, to serve in the capacity that God has for you, you know, you have to have an awareness of those that are around you. And that's what Emery and I are really just trying to foster um, just in our marriage in general is just such an awareness yeah. of those who are around us, the needs that are around us that we can meet, as well as really just dedicating ourselves to where God has us in our vocations and then outside of our vocations as well. And really being able to lay our lives down on the altar, especially with me um, going back to school for ministry where I feel God called me just to um, add on to my practical knowledge and Emery being able to support that with the career she's in, you know, is, is really just a testament to how God sewed together that, you know, invisible string and made it possible for us um, to walk the path that we're on now. So, well, guys, we've got about two minutes left. So last question for both of you, all the things you've done, the love you have for each other, the heart you have for your community, what advice will you give to people that maybe have lost the fire in their marriage or maybe they're just struggling to find their purpose? What God would have them do? What would you say to them? So this benefits us the most. And I know Emery's nodding like she knows what I'm going to say. But I would say to always pursue connection. Yes. That was one of the most beneficial things um, that we've ever heard in a devotional because we do um, daily devotions. We try and be very diligent. But it's just to always pursue connection with if you could know just um, with your spouse, you know, not only that promise that you made on the um, on your wedding day, but know that they always have your best in mind. They're never trying to hurt you. They're never trying to hinder you as well as just fostering that love, you know, making sure you're continuing to date your spouse. Yes. Always putting your spouse first under God, of course, because then everything else. Emery, 30 seconds. What do you got? 
I would totally agree with Tim and pursuing connection looks like not getting up from the couch if you're in a tiff or an argument it looks like exactly how Tim said assuming that your best that your spouse has your best in mind and maybe there was a miscommunication um, so to ask clarifying questions not to jump to conclusion and know that the that the love you have if it's laid on that firm foundation of God will always be there Amen. I want to thank you guys so much for coming out. It has been such an honor and a privilege to have you on the program today. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Listen, when we come back from the break, we're going to reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we've heard from today's guests. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1492.3 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. And as we close out today's show, let's just think about some of the really powerful lessons that we've heard from today's guest, Tim and Emery Brown. So many really great things they had to say. And you can apply it to so many different areas. So when you think about serving in the business or the workplace, I love how Tim and Emery were talking about this idea of just showing the love of Jesus to everyone you come in contact with. You know, where Emery was talking about her job as a school counselor, and you want people to receive things in the right way, and you want them to receive it from a heart of love and a place where they can really feel like they're being cared for. Right? That, that is definitely a way that you can serve people in the workplace because you want them to feel loved and cared for regardless of what the particular job is that you have to perform. And then when you think about serving in the community, Tim talked about the number of serve projects that he does as a student in Kingsway Leadership School. And listen, you don't have to be a student in Kingsway Leadership School to get out and serve in your community. It's Christmas time. Think about how many people are right now potentially out on the street, people that you can go out and bring clothes to or food or a warm blanket. Or let's think about how many people in your family, maybe somebody that is a service member and this service member may not have enough money to provide a Christmas for themselves and for their kids because they're just too spread thin and they don't have enough to really be able to provide the gifts for their kids that they want to. And so last year, uh, you know, just to help that in the Association of the United States Army, we took up a collection just to help that. And I love how Tim is talking about that's something you can do in your everyday life, getting out and serving your community. And then when you talk about serving through faith, this idea that God has to be in the middle of your relationship. That when God is in the center of it, everything just works out, right? That the, the provision just comes and the blessing just comes when you know and you put faith in the higher power and you say, listen, we're trying to do the right thing. We're going to put our faith in God and God is going to provide, right? You can absolutely serve people by showing people, by talking to people about that, by demonstrating that to them by helping other people to understand that you can have faith that there is a God that will care for you. And finally, you can serve your family just by simple gestures. You heard a lot about how Tim and Emery care for each other, this idea of flowers and roses and food being prepared and all these things. And at the end of the day, their marriage is like a fairy tale. 
And quite honestly, I feel like mine is too. And your marriage really can be when you find the right person and you keep God in the center of it. So I really just want to encourage you to live your life in a way that honors people like Tim and Emery are doing. Listen, each week I talk to you about when you put good into the universe, good comes back to you. Well, this week was no exception. This past week, and after the Sir Project with Tim, I was not feeling well. I was feeling a little ill. And the good that came back to me, I often have an opportunity to pray for people that aren't doing well or you know need a prayer for one thing or another. But this past week, I was the recipient of a lot of prayer and a lot of support from a lot of people at my work, and they were able to bring me back to a strong state of health. So I really, really appreciate that because I'm feeling a lot better now, and it's a lot due to the people that have supported me and encouraged me. Listen, next week, it's going to be episode 40. And I'm so excited because next week is going to be different. Next week, we're going to be talking about the top 10 lessons in servant leadership for episode 40. Because I read somewhere that 40 is a special number. So we're going to do something special for episode 40. Finally, as you go about your week, no matter where you're at, I'd encourage you to always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening and join us again next week. My angel set from above to set me free. Let's get in my car, and I won't take you for a ride.